It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Hola, amigos. It feels like spring. <laughs> Just is what it is. It's, it's that year. It's that kind of year. The Saints, as Ralph Marlborough yesterday from Saints forecast said, celebrate a field goal and a first down like a touchdown. Maybe that's how we look at it today. My goodness gracious, it is Saints game day. Dan Quinn will be the head coach of your Dallas Cowboys, but they are getting a bunch of players back. I saw some stat today in a tweet. That doesn't bode well for the Saints and that it's basically the first snaps of essentially a Pro Bowl roster of players that it will be playing today. Meanwhile, your New Orleans Saints, um, they're, 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 they're going to be shorthanded again. The reports are, of course, that you will see, um, you will see the fact that you have, uh, you know, tackles starting, um, I mean, that are, that are down. So that's interesting and that you don't have Ryan Ramchek, Teron Armstead and, and others. Alvin Kamara not going to play as well. So when you don't have that, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be difficult. So give me a reason why I'm thinking that your New Orleans Saints are going to uh, do well. And again, I thought this week, and I still feel it for some reason, um, that they're going to win. And maybe it's because Taysom Hill is playing. I don't know why that is going to make me feel any better. Uh, so I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But let's see what happens. 800-998-1003 is the way to give us a phone call. You know the questions of the day. We'll hear from the intern here shortly. As, of course, um, we have the normal question of the day. Jordan, thank you for giving us a call, man. What's going on, bud? How are you today? I'm doing well. I don't know if I'm doing – I'm doing better than New Orleans Saints. I, I can tell you that. So, let me ask you something. Give me, just give me a reason. Like, give me, give me a, 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 Gus, the Saints will win because. Like, can we at least start there? Can we do that? I, I don't think the Saints are going to win. Oh, no. Well, I, I'm not asking you if you I, think I, that. I, I'm just saying, give me a reason why they can. Because this is a lot different than we have been in the past when it comes to New Orleans Saints. Again, Ralph yesterday, one of our guests, just was saying celebrate a first down. Celebrate field goals. Because field goals have been difficult. First downs have been difficult. Points have been difficult to come by. That's where we are. That That is currently where we are. So just, I, I'm just, let's, let's come up with some reasons to at least fool ourselves to think, hey, they got a fighting chance. Like, give me reasons for fighting chances today, right. Jordan. Give me one. The Saints are going to win because Dan Quinn 
is the head Okay, coach. there we go. That is one. I'm going to jot that down because Dan Quinn is manning the sidelines and as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, the Saints did a pretty good job against him. Okay, I got one. I, I, got I, one. I guess that would be the reason. I do have one, actually. You want to hear what that is? Just one. Uh, this one. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Like I said, I always prepare, always work, always prepare to be able to, you know, carry low, whatever. All right, so Mark Ingram is back. I mean, I, that's, that's a, wait a minute. That's at least one player that, you know, is productive. We know he can catch Jordan. We, we know he can block. We, we know he knows where he's supposed to be, right? Like, you'll know the snap count. <laughs> I need another one. Come on, give me another one. I, 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 the Saints will win because of special teams. Mm-hmm. Special teams. How many kickers have we gone through this season? <laughs> well, no, no, no I know. So, okay, so so the punter, uh, so the punter will be key. No, you know what? You're on the right. You're on the right frame of mind. I think one of the keys. Your, I didn't think there was a wrong answer. Well, look, you do know that on on game day or before the game day, where I was like, you know, give me a key and give me a reason and all of that, right? We always do this, right? Isn't that a question of the day? Go ahead and give yeah, us a give question us of the prediction. day. Yeah. yeah, Saints fans, give us your prediction and score yeah. to the New Orleans Saints game tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I absolutely would put as either one, two, or three the following. You're going to need some sort of special teams score or big play, like a punt block, a field goal block run back, a punt return run back, a kickoff run back. I believe you're going to have to get a deciding play or decisive play being made, don't you think? I, I, I think I, you know, I definitely think that. Uh, I mean, but I mean, obviously, we can go the whole narrative. Oh, you have to win the turnover battle. Well, duh. But I mean, in in today's game, that's gonna have to be the case. I, in any other game, if you if you had a healthy lineup, that's true. But even more so, now that you're playing the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So that's it. So, you know, again, that's. That's one of my keys for sure. Where do we got a response already over on Twitter, Dr. Drip? Um, 27-16's a score. Taysom gets one tutty all game, has two turnovers, and our defense makes it look closer than it is. But he, I guess he's going with Cowboys. Okay, that, that leads to, I, I think, key number two, Jordan. Key number two of three. And again, no particular order. I, I think they need all three. The defense will have to make a play one way, shape, or form and probably provide points. What do you think? I need a defensive score, a sack fumble strip, you know, Cam Jordan. Hey, there you are. Tips the ball. Somebody returns it back. A pick six. The ball goes in and out of CeeDee Lamb's hands. It's tipped in the air. You know, Paulson and Debo, who's back, or, you know, Marcus Williams, somebody runs it back. I I think you're going to need That's some kind of play there, Gus. That's some that stretch. That was, is it? I mean, we're we're hope, we're hoping for a miracle at this point with that with what you're saying. 
Oh, okay. Um, I, um, okay. I will, you know, I, I don't know. Give me another reason. There, there is no reason. God, I, the Saints are going to lose tonight, and you can't tell me otherwise. I, 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 there's, there's no other reason why the Saints are going to win tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. It's Nothing. just not going to happen. I'm sorry, okay. Gus. You got anything? You got anything on, on the Pels as well? Uh, that's just why. Are you, why are you bringing? It's Thursday. Got, tomorrow's Friday, and you, you're starting off the show on a negative note. Well, I'm not starting it off on a negative. I just they pay, they played last night. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, they played last night. They they didn't do much besides that. They were there. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, there. You brought no energy, by the way, to the beginning of the show. Just letting you know, zero energy, well, well, zero. Well, this, this, Thank you. All of the Saints players are hurt, and the Pelicans got blown out by Luka Doncic. What is, what more is there to say, Gus? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> hey, you're, you're killing me right now. That, by the way, one thirty nine, one oh seven was the final. Exactly. Got got nothing, huh? No, I mean, do, it was do, just, you know, Luke. Do you want to hear from head coach? Do you want to hear from head coach Willie Green? Yeah. Actually, yeah. Okay. Similar to Utah. Ton of shot. Points in the paint. And, you know, I thought Don was just coming out early. So, you know, hard into deep and all of that, we better. Look at the practice tomorrow, playing and get ready to play them. So, hey, you know what I'm saying? I just had coach Green. What do you do? The way this. And we tried to. Poker players know there's a difference at Cash Magic, a big difference. At your local Cash Magic casino, you'll have fun playing the newest games while enjoying our fast and friendly VIP service. Cash Magic is my lucky place. They really do make you feel like a VIP. It's time to have fun, so let us make you feel right at home with our fast and friendly VIP service. Come feel the magic today at one of our nine Cash Magic casinos in Southeast Louisiana, including our two newest locations, Cash Magic Galliano and the Royal Flush in Homa, Louisiana's favorite place to play video poker, Cash Magic. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Must be 21 or older. Valid ID required. Gambling problem 877 770 stop.
The cleanup continues from the recent storms, and we want you to know that nobody can get a metal roof or metal building to you faster than Reed's Metals in Brookhaven. For all your metal building components, Reed's Metals has it all in stock. Roll-up doors, insulation, skylights, purlins, and more. Our metal building frames are American-made steel, all put together by certified welders. Metal buildings and everything you need with quick delivery, too. When you call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, 601-823-6516 or online at reedsmetals.com. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Apologies for that. Literally, as we were talking with Jordan, the entire studio went dark and dead. There you go. I don't know. Do the Saints need the dome lights to go? Stop. It's bad. We'll hear from Ross Jackson here in a minute, buddy. Go ahead, Buzz, as it gives me an opportunity. You know, to tell you about draft sports coming to Louisiana. And so you can bet all your sports from the comfort of your own home. Celebrate sports by giving customers dollars and that's when you stop before they go live. Yes, you heard that right. DraftKings Sportsbook going to give you $100 in free bets. When you sign up, here's the best part about it. No deposit required. That's it. Sign up. No deposit required, $100 waiting for you in free bets. You got to use the code LaRose though, okay? So use the code LaRose, download the app. It's called DraftKings Sportsbook, and um, away you go. No deposit required, $100 in free bets just for you. All right, so let's try this again. And maybe a, a gentleman that, uh, you know, is is, is well-versed in this football team, covers it extremely well, can give us... Ross Jackson, Saints, joins us. Ross, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, buddy. Good afternoon, man. Glad to be here with you. Appreciate you having me on. For sure. My intern failed me in the opening segment. I, I tried. I just simply asked him, give me a reason. Give me a reason for hope. I saw the tweet this morning. Basically, the entire Dallas Cowboy Pro Bowl team is back to have their first snaps of the season, which is remarkably. Um, mm-hmm. I saw that the reports are no Teron Armstead, no Ryan Ramchick, no Ryan Kamara. So I just simply asked, give me one reason. It took him 13 minutes to come up with one reason why I should at least <laughs> fool myself to think the Saints will win. Ross Jackson, one reason to fool myself as to maybe why the Saints are in this game is? Um, the fact that the Dallas Cowboys offensive line has struggled quite a bit over the course of the last couple of weeks, and this will be the first time that their three highest-paid offensive linemen will be on the field at the same time since the 2019 season. That's one. Um, another one is that in five of the last five, the Dallas Cowboys have allowed over 100 rushing yards in each of those games. And that, of course, is since the bye week where the Dallas Cowboys are three and five. It's not the same team that we watched go five straight and be five and one after the first six. So this is a situation to where if you can get pressure on Dak Prescott and then if you can control the clock in the run game on the other side of the ball, which Taysom Hill certainly can help you do with his ability in the run game, then I think that's a pretty good reason why the Saints shouldn't be fully countered out. 
and why things could get weird on Thursday night football and be in a position where the Saints can walk away with an upset. Mm. I, I came up with Mark Ingram. That was my reason. <laughs> I, mean, mm-hmm. I heard I heard him this week. Ross and he was all like, "Man, we we got to you know one turns into two and all that." And, and look, I think the move to bring him in, his leadership, and especially at a time like this, is mm-hmm. so is, is needed. It, I mean, so yeah, he is a reason why he's going to be that guy that, in his mind, they have every chance to win tonight. I so that's the reason why. But give me a football reason why he's going to help tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that, you know, in terms of a football reason, he's somebody that's going to be able to give you what you didn't have over the course of the last, you know, week or so to where you struggled to rack up 100 rushing yards. I mean, you know, you didn't have anybody that could really reliably get you four yards per carry while, you know, you're going up against two defenses in Philly as well as, in, and of course, you know, he did, he did well in Philly. But, you know, when you were going up against the, uh, Buffalo Bills, who are allowing 4.1 yards per carry on the defense side, they, they, you know, the rush, the run game was a concern for their defense, but you weren't really able to put together the run game, even though you were creating additional possessions for yourself with the defensive sides, where you had two drive-ending sacks on third down, one of them that forced the field goal, one of them that forced the punt, and then you had two interceptions in a row that gave the ball back to the offense, but they just couldn't get anything going, whether it be on the ground or through the air, usually you get those extra possessions. You're watching this New Orleans Saints team turn that into points nine times out of ten. And so that's what we've seen over the course of the last 15 years. But now, of course, things are different at the quarterback position, so you need the run game to be reliable. The run game was not reliable without Mark Ingram. Now you get the opportunity to bring him back into the fold here, and then you have a reliable lead back, and you still have a change of pace back that you can utilize in Ty Montgomery. So from an X's and O's standpoint, this offense should look a little bit more familiar in terms of its run game and the way that the running backs are utilized with Mark Ingram being somebody that's had over 100 scrimmage yards against, you know, in the two games where he was their starter. Uh, and, and I think that that is something that this thing team missed terribly last week and to an extent has missed even beyond that without Alvin Kamara. But Mark Ingram at least gives you a portion, a large portion of that uh, ability back in the ground game and being able to control the clock a bit. Speaking with Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola is the way to follow over on Twitter. Locked on Saints. Sir, I... So again, I'm going with the positives first, right? <laughs> I'm going with what, what are the things they need to do. I think some of the keys to victory... I, I said, one, Jordan actually eventually gave me special teams. I'm like, a, how many mm-hmm. kickers we went through? But I, I hear what he's saying in this aspect. I do think a blocked punt, a return punt, a return kick, like something in the special team department has got to happen for the Saints tonight, don't you think? Oh, yeah, and, and, and it's very possible that they can make that happen, particularly in the return game. I mean, you look at some of the players that are injured, Cedric Wilson, uh, Mikael Bridges, like some of these players that the uh, – Michael Walker, excuse me, that the um, that the Cowboys are going to be missing in this game are some of their key special teamers, including Gunners. And so the punt return game is something to watch with Deontay Harris. The kick return game is something to watch with Deontay Harris, who, you know, is, has appealed that suspension. And it looks like that suspension is not going to keep him out of this game up against Dallas. So he could play a huge role in this, in the way that we, you know, saw him play a huge role in his rookie year when he became a first team all pro returner. Um, he's been one of the best returners in the NFL. And you wouldn't have known that looking at last week's game because the punt coverage, the punt game, the kick return game didn't work out the way that we were used to seeing it uh, for the New Orleans Saints. So I think you couple that with Dallas's issues with you know uh, other special teams units in terms of their punt game. I think that that's a place where you could see a turning point in this in this Thursday night matchup. 
I think another thing that I said as well in the opening segment, Ross, was defense. I think a big special, I think a big defensive play, you know, a strip sack fumble, six, a pick six. I'll I'll settle for an interception in short yardage, you know, maybe at like 20 or something like that to give us short yardage, something. I think the defense has got to provide points one way, shape, or form, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look, they can they can score the points themselves, or if they're able to get a turnover in their own territory, then that is something that sets up this Saints offense to immediately be able to run the type of offense they love to run with Taysom Hill under center, right? They can go the short yardage smash mouth game at that point. You know, somebody asked me not too long ago, hey, wouldn't Taysom Hill give you the exact same thing on the field if you just rotated him in? in the red zone and on short, you know, third and short situations with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. And my response was, well, is Trevor Simeon going to get you to the red zone? Because so far outside of the fourth quarter, that didn't seem to be the case. So you're able to utilize Taysom Hill to get you to those positions where he is, you know, most efficient and most effective. And so those types of turnovers that would put them in scoring position, or of course that immediately turnaround points would be great. Right. And the Dallas Cowboys over the course of the last five games, they're losing their point, their turnover differential right now, plus three, they've got, uh, only five takeaways, which are grouped into two games, but four of the past five games, they've turned over the ball eight times um, in total over the course of those four games. And so for the Saints, they're right now catching a Dallas Cowboys team that, of course, is getting Amari Cooper back and is getting CeeDee Lamb back, but those guys are going to need a little bit of time to adjust, and those guys are not going to come back and immediately have a large impact, or at least shouldn't, right, if the defense holds up. And so this defense does still have an opportunity here to be able to mm-hmm. generate those takeaways, generate those turnovers, especially if they can get the pressure on the quarterback with guys like Carl Granderson as well as Cam Jordan. Speaking with Ross Jackson, I'm Ross Jackson, Nolo's way to follow Ross over on Twitter, Locked On Saints podcast. I think it's interesting because I, I did see some already responses, and I Jordan actually brought it up too. He said Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was a reason because, uh, you know, former Falcon <laughs> coach versus Sean Payton. I get it. I was speaking to Mark this morning. Uh, both of us were dropping our kids off at school. <laughs> and he goes, I get Sean's a good coach. He's a master motivator, but he's not a magician. You just don't have players. That said, can Sean somehow find a way to, through game planning and scheming perhaps, to give his team yeah. an advantage? Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, it's not just going to be Dan Quinn. It's also going to be Ben McAdoo in his ear. And so that's really bad news for Dallas Cowboys fans because Dan Quinn has not been the greatest, does not have the greatest track record as a head coach. Ben McAdoo certainly doesn't have the greatest track record as a head coach as well. So when you look at what the uh, Dallas Cowboys are having to resort to in a situ- in, in a week where they haven't been able to access their weight room, where they haven't had their head coach, where they've done a lot of virtual meetings as opposed to in-person uh, practices. They have been practicing in person, but a lot of the additional pieces have been relegated to uh, Zoom and, and, and to being uh, virtual, which we saw how that impacted the New Orleans Saints going into their week two game when they were dealing with a similar situation as to what Dallas is dealing with right now. And then you add on top of that that they won't have their head coach. They'll still have their primary play callers, but you're going to have Dan Quinn doing clock management and decision management and all these other things. That could potentially work in the New Orleans Saints' favor. And if you're looking at the coaching matchup strictly, the New Orleans Saints are clearly in a better situation with Sean Payton, Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael in terms of their coaching that they'll have available on game day than what Dallas will have. It's going to be about execution on the field, however. Can the players, who are not all starters, but are going to be starting tonight, can those players execute what it is that Sean Payton is trying to create and trying to see? 
Well, that is the perfect lead-in, Mr. Ross Jackson, as to why I'm already thinking of the sound that the single ice cube will make in a certain type of glass to pour certain s- s- amounts of brown liquid in, because <laughs> the, the, just go ahead and give us the offensive line. I mean, just, just start there, because Micah Parsons scares me. Diggs is waiting for the ball to get in the air. I But I can the Saints offensive line remotely give this team a fighting chance tonight? Well, I think that what it's going to come down to is going to be the the interior. And, and the Saints may have an advantage there. As thin as the Saints' offensive line is, to an extent, the Dallas defensive line is thin as well. One of their defensive linemen, you know, starters, Randy Gregory, of course, is, is not available. Tristan Hill is not available. He's out with a suspension right now. He has a one-game suspension following an altercation on the Thursday night football game against the Raiders. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is coming back, but it'll be interesting to see if he plays his usual 75% of snaps or if he's downshifted a little bit to 50% of snaps. So then Micah Parsons becomes the key, right? Can you limit Micah Parsons? Can you limit Demarcus Lawrence when he's on the field? And how often are they on the field at the same time? Or does the Dallas defense try to maximize their ability to be able to pass rush by having them pass rush separately? So, you know, it'll be all about the sort of distribution of labor for Dallas as well as the distribution of labor for the New Orleans Saints. Are they able to utilize Mark Ingram, who is a fantastic mm-hmm. pass protector, as a good pass protector, but then are they willing to lose him in the passing game, or do they run some of those sort of chip-and-run opportunities where he gets some hands on one of these guys to give a little bit of assistance before breaking out for his route in the flats or over the middle, however it is that they run those. So keep an eye out on how Mark Ingram is utilized, particularly in the first 15 scripted plays of the night, and that will give you an idea of what the New Orleans Saints are looking to do throughout the, throughout the, the game here. So... The defensive line, the pass rush is going to be huge. Are the Saints going to be able to neutralize it? That's going to come down to how they creatively find ways to get their hands on some of these guys and slow them up on their way to the quarterback. Ross, let's wrap up a thought or two on this game based off of kind of really, I think it's the key here, and it's crazy. The amount of people are excited, obviously, about Taysom Hill taking snaps under center. Um, And I mean that in a good way in terms of, yeah, I mean, we'd like to see what he's going to do. It's going to be his team here from going out you would imagine from here on out, but that foot, does it hamper his ability to run? Does it hamper his ability to plant and throw all those different aspects of it? I guess look at it from this perspective because it is the biggest element of tonight for the Saints. What kind of offense can we expect to see? Yeah, that that is a, a huge question. And you look, the way that they've talked about this plantar fasciitis issue that Jason Hill has been dealing with, is that it doesn't limit functionality, but it causes a lot of pain. So functionally, (laughs) he should still be able to do that, but what is his threshold for the pain that he experiences throughout the game? Does he get his foot stepped on at one point? Does he end up, you know what I mean? All of these different things become become a part of it. But I, I think that, look, if you're putting Taysom Hill out there, you're putting Taysom Hill out there because you feel like he can give you something different than what you've had before. And one of the things that makes Taysom Hill special is his ability to run the ball. So I expect to still see Taysom Hill run the ball, whether it be designed runs or hopefully some opportunities to where, since you're not trying to maintain Drew Brees' offense for when he returns like you were last year, maybe a little bit of a shift in the offense and a shift in the game plan that you feel a little bit more comfortable with because you don't have to try to bring it back to what it was before by the end of the season because of what you mentioned, rolling with Taysom Hill very likely throughout the rest of the season here. You have an opportunity here to just change it up in terms of what it is that you do. Like I said earlier, get weird. And Sean Payton knows how to get weird. He can do that. And so are you going to see some of those half-field reads to where you just expect Taysom Hill to quickly read, react, and run if it's not there? That's going to be something to really watch. And that's where you're going to see some of those 
read one key. If the linebacker does this, then you do this. If the linebacker does this, then you do this. And if it's not there, take off. I think that that would be beneficial. But is the foot going to hold up? Is Taysom Hill Mm -hmm. fully in? He says he is, of course. But is he fully in control of all of those facilities in terms of being able to do what it is that makes him special as a runner? Over under the number of trick plays like Superdome specials and stuff. I mean, <laughs> halfback passes, reverses, is Ingram throwing the pass? Like, do we, I'm going with at least two. I got to see yeah, two. I, I would definitely go with two. I certainly could see a flea flicker mm-hmm. here at some point and then potentially some type of a wildcat end around or a wildcat jet sweep that gets the ball back into Taysom Hill's uh, hands as a runner heading to the outside with a full head of steam. Because I think that's part of what we kind of misconvey when mm-hmm. it comes to Taysom Hill's running ability. He is somebody that will run through you. He is not necessarily the finesse runner, which is why sometimes pocket mobility doesn't translate the same way that what we see when he gets into the open field one-on-one against a linebacker or a defensive back. So his ability to be able to move in the pocket certainly improved over the course of the offseason. We saw that during training camp. We saw it a little bit during the preseason as well. But the big piece will be how else can you utilize Taysom Hill, even though he's under center, can you get him mixed in and matched up in certain cases up against and, and in different ways, right? Can you use Trevor Simeon at certain mm-hmm. points so that he ends up being a decoy and then you're able to utilize Taysom Hill in the run game, so on and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see how they shake things up a bit with Taysom Hill under center. Mr. Ross Jackson joins us on Thursdays to talk about your New Orleans Saints. Hopefully a week from today, Ross will be talking about a win. If not, eh, you know. Well, if nothing else, if nothing else, next week, hopefully, we're talking about the return of Alvin Kamara. Yes. Uh, Alvin Kamara not available for this game. Perhaps yes. they're waiting. They're going to give him the extra 10 days up until the, the uh, New York Jets game. So at least maybe we'll be able to talk about that win or loss tomorrow or tonight. At least that. Let's see what takes place tonight. At Ross Jackson, NOLA is the way to follow on Twitter. Locked on Saints, the podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for your time, sir. Let's enjoy the game. Why not? It is it is a game tonight. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, always a pleasure. Glad to be here with you guys. Always for sure, man. man. Appreciate it. Fantasy football. You got any questions? Don't ask me. Mr. Ben Heisler. He will join us next to answer your questions. And he's also a gambling expert. So he will give us his thoughts on the line tonight between your New Orleans Saints and the Dallas Cowboys. It's the sports hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball ESPN New Orleans. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At the King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring the King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. Coco's Mexican Restaurant on Highway 1 in Raceland is open and ready to please you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mouth-watering Mexican food daily with delicious specialty dishes like coconut shrimp tacos, Baja fish tacos, plus try the trio burritos or a carne asada. Coco's Mexican has happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. Delivery service from waiters also available. They're located on Highway 1 in Raceland next to the post office. Coco's. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? So your wipers are streaking. It might be time for a new set. We've got a great deal to help you get the job done and be ready for the weather ahead. 
Right now, you can get a $15 AutoZone gift card by mail or email when you buy two Bosch Envision wiper blades. And we've got even more ways to shop. Just order online with our free same-day store pickup or next-day delivery. Get in zone, AutoZone. Start your job today at AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Dak Prescott. Interception in all four road games this season. Two interceptions in six home games. So maybe not as good as a quarterback on the road. Get loud, Superdome. Do you kind of feel like the Caesar Superdome is going to be full today? Or do you feel like some fans, eh, you know, I'm, I'm being honest. What do you think? I, I don't feel the, you know, the energy. Perhaps as we uh, have had in the past. Ben Heisler running a little bit late. Said he'll join us here in about five minutes. So he'll give me a time. Look, again, I just, I'll play it. I don't really know what more I, or what I can say about it. But the Pels 139-107 game, and even that score doesn't seem like it's a uh, an accurate one. Luca just 28. He's good. You kind of forget until you actually watch him against other players. Like, there's a photo on the ESPN page under their game cast. And it has the box score and all that stuff. And you see Herb Jones trying to check him and guard him. He has his right hand on his hip. I mean, Luke is like twice the size of Herb Jones. Like, you don't really grasp how big Luka Doncic is as an individual. And yet, you rem- you think of how athletic he is and how skilled he is. It's incredible. But he's he's large. And Herbert Jones is not small, like, even height-wise. I mean, Luka dwarfs him in this photo. Anyway, head coach um, Willie Green tells us what the Pels did not do in this game. Uh, a lot of credit goes to them. They came out and they just played with force. Um, after the game that they had against Cleveland, we knew that it was a strong possibility they were going to come in and, and, and just play at a high level, which they did. And we helped them by just not consistently executing. I thought our guys went out and tried. Um, but we just got this is this is one of those situations where you come off the road after an emotional win and we just got to take more pride of protecting our home court. One of the things that's tough is obviously right now, look, Brandon Ingram put in 29. And without Zion, which, by the way, today is his first full day of practice. And we'll get to that in a quick second. But when you look at Valanchunas in 25 minutes, six points. You just, you need so much on this team offensively. I mean, Herbert's good on a defensive end. He was one of eight from the Florida, three points. Again, running around, guarding everybody. That's probably going to take a lot of your legs. Garrett Temple at seven in 22 minutes. Devontae Graham at 13 
Now you got 12 by Nikhil Alexander Walker off the bench, 11 from Kyra Lewis, but again, some, a lot of that came much later as the team just, maybe to what Willie Green is saying there. Again, remember Tuesday, it was a travel day. They didn't come home right afterwards. And I know you, you can say, ah, you're on an airplane. How can you be tired? I'm just telling you from traveling, if you do travel, it, it does, it's, it's not like you're resting, to be honest with you. Even if it's on a plane, even if it's on your own 757 and you got space and stuff, it, it is. It's, it is draining, if that makes any sense to you. So maybe, and I'm not giving him an excuse. I'm just, that's what your head coach just said. The head coach just said, maybe it was that. They didn't come out and match it and compounded by the fact that the Mavs were trying to bounce back from their bad loss. Either way, you do get them again tomorrow in Dallas. Coach Green. Well, a lot better than we did tonight. And I spoke to the guys in the locker room about it. That's the beauty of being in the NBA. Uh, it's a quick turnaround. We get to go to Dallas and play these guys again. Look, we don't like what happened tonight on our home floor. And uh, we got to do something about it. Devontae Graham on the shooting. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, obviously. Uh, you got to be more physical um, knowing, you know, they just came off a game with Cleveland and uh, they were going to come out ready to play. Obviously, you got to try to make guys miss shots. But, I mean, when the team shoots down near 70 percent, it's going to be tough to be anybody like that. So, Yeah, I mean, they, they honestly did shoot 70 percent in the first half. So. Ben Heisler joins us here as he does on Thursdays. Thank you as always for your time, sir. How are you today? I'm well, Gus. Happy Thursday to you guys. Big Thursday. And uh, the start of the Taysom Hill era, perhaps <laughs> for maybe longer than we expected, is uh, debuting tonight. How, how's everybody feeling over in New Orleans? Not well. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my previous guest, Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints, um, I started our conversation by giving me reasons for hope. I asked my intern at the start of the show. It took him 13 minutes to give me a reason for hope, and it's because they're being coached by Dan Quinn. You you do fantasy, and you also do the gambling aspect side of things. Man, this thing had been five. Then it was four and a half overnight, or I guess the second. I don't know if it was Hill announced or what. It's six now. So there's yeah. a lot of money basically saying they, they have no belief. The Saints, especially with the news that the tackles aren't playing, Kamara's not playing. So six, Ben. Is six good? Am I taking that? Or or do I think it's a bigger margin of victory? You know what? I, it wouldn't surprise me if the number continues to climb a little bit. People love to bet the Cowboys. And for the most part, they've been treated to wins against the spread. Uh, Dallas this year, I believe, is seven and three or maybe eight and three against the spread. Uh, one of the best records in the league. It was more of a, of a reflection of the two tackles of Kamara being out as opposed to Taysom Hill because news started to trickle out that Hill, that Hill would likely get the start Wednesday night. It was probably made more so official in the morning, but I, I think Vegas knew what they were doing, and I think it was more so not having Kamara in the game along with the help on the offensive line that was going to be the key difference, and that's where you saw that massive jump from four and a half back up to six. Personally, I, I like Taysom Hill. Like, if you're looking from a perspective of can he jumpstart the offense, I think he can. I just don't know how sustainable it is. You know, he had some of those games last year where he was incredibly efficient, both as a runner and as a passer. I think he had a couple times where he was throwing it over, you know, 35 times a game. 
And so if there's that threat that Hill can beat you with his arm as opposed to just his legs, honestly, Gus, he's going to need to do that because of this plantar fascia injury that he's dealing with anyway. So I think you've already exhausted as many options as you can. Trevor Simeon wasn't getting it done. He wasn't scoring until the fourth quarter. I think you might as well try it, do something a little bit different, and open up the field a little bit more to try and get some movement on this Dallas Cowboys defense. Ben Heisler, fantasy and gambling expert. Um, at Benny Heist, the way to follow over on Twitter. Let's go to Jimmy. Jimmy, you got a question, fantasy football, or, you know, maybe what you should do <laughs> this weekend? Hey. What you got? Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. What's up? Yeah, I, I, I've had that plantar fasciitis. It's very painful. I, I think there's an excitement. You know, there's something with tight taste in the way he plays. You know, when Simeon was out there, we'd be down a touchdown or two. We'd be in the Superdome watching the game 0-4. And it's like, you know, you could see in the faces of the players, even though a lot of them are, you know, obviously undrafted guys, wide receivers, just there was no energy there. You know, Taysom runs the ball, he comes up, you've seen it before, he's got like blood on his elbow, right? And like, he's he's readjusting his face mask, he's got like dirt, he's like got like grass up in his, in his like in his face mask and all. So it's like, you're, the other players see that. And I think it's very, uh, it, it just, it's very inspiring to the other players, you know. I mean, look, his deep ball pass is his issue. But when you look at the stats, his, he was 70% last year and he was 3 and 1 as the starter. So, I mean, what I feel bad for him is how depleted the offensive line is. And of course, the wide receiving core is just, it's average or below average as far as NFL standards. So I hope this does not deep six his career, but it's got to be better than Simeon. I mean, Simeon had the one game against the Bucks that was decent. Since then, it's been uh, lukewarm at best. So uh, I'm, I'm all on board. The uh, Derry Sanders, uh, Mormon Ghost, uh, Vanilla Vic, whatever you want to call it, train for now. Hopefully we make the playoffs. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate that. So um, I, I guess in all, Ben, am I starting? Take some hill in there. Yeah, I, I think from a fantasy perspective, he, he was pretty good. And, and at the same time, if you're the Saints and it's a must-win game at home, uh, who else is more likely to get into the end zone this week? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're looking for pure touchdown upside, you know, he was almost a lock to, to get into the end zone uh, during his time as a starter before. And he has three touchdowns on the season in, in limited times and appearances already. Um, we've already seen his prop number for an anytime touchdown go from plus 275 at some sports book down to plus 175 so clearly there's been betting interest that he's going to score and his ability to run automatically kind of puts him into that quarterback one tier where it makes a substantial difference you're not having to deal with you know one point for every 25 yards passing if he goes on a 15 yard run that's one and a half points and those start to add up over time um so i i do think especially because there's no clear cut wide receiver that he's going to throw to. I mean, most of these guys have their props in the 30s and 40s. I think Traquan Smith's total is, is 43-and-a-half. Uh, Deontay Harris is 33, 34-and-a-half. Uh, there's nothing that really stands out. So I, I do think he's in play as a viable fantasy option this week. When you look at other matchups, uh, I, this one intrigues me here as well, a battle of QBs. Is you know like fans and maybe even betters look at it and go Chargers Bengals. This will be a forty something to forty something game, right? The quarterbacks will star. This will be incredible to watch. Do, do you see that matchup like that, or do we sometimes get let down and maybe a quarterback doesn't have that performance that you like? How, how do you see this one at noon on Sunday? 
It's a fascinating matchup, and the line is the Bengals minus three. It actually opened up at two and a half. Uh, but you're right, we've seen this total skyrocket from, from 46 and a half upwards of 50 now. My perspective on this is that it kind of feels like a trap, right? It almost feels like it's too easy for Cincinnati. Their key throughout the course of what's made them work so far this year is a ton of Joe Mixon and then sprinkling in opportunities for the deep ball with Joe Burrow to connect with Jamar Chase, right? But Chargers been really good against pass and just awful against the run. So you would think, okay, Cincinnati's at home. Joe Mixon has scored a touchdown in, I think, either an eight or nine consecutive game. They're just going to run the ball down the Chargers' throat. But the Chargers have been one of the Vegas darling teams all year, despite their struggles. Vegas remains incredibly high on them. Frankly, I'm surprised they even opened it at two and a half. So I'm looking at this game thinking, I think this is the big Justin Herbert game coming. And for as good as the Bengals' defense has been over the last several weeks, I do anticipate a shootout coming on both sides. The question will be whether or not Burrow can limit some of those turnovers. He's been uncharacteristically turnover-prone this year. He's thrown yeah. 12, the second most in the league. Uh, so I, I think you're going to see more of a shootout between the passers as opposed to a run game on both sides that's been fairly effective. Mm-hmm. I, I think you'll see some points in this game. So yeah, I, I like this as a possible stack in, in daily fantasy, or if you have players on either the Chargers or the Bengals, I think you can absolutely lock them and ready to go. And some of those turnovers that come in the red zone, if not even in the end zone. Yeah. Um, final thing for you, Tua. Am I buying? I mean, they've won, what, three, four in a row here? Am I buying Tua? Am I starting? He's been really efficient. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm necessarily buying in on him. He's been making winning plays and, and managing the game really well. The, the Dolphins have done a really nice job turning the ball over on defense. And that was kind of their calling card last year. They forced a lot of interceptions, a lot of forced fumbles. They had that great game against Lamar Jackson on Thursday night a couple weeks ago. Um, and now you're either going to get you know, Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon uh, in this game. And both of those guys have been turnover prone throughout the course of their career. So, again, another kind of game that feels like a trap. It almost feels too easy for Miami. But give credit to the Giants defense starting to turn things around. They played a remarkable game against Jalen Hurts. has been having a sensational year. So yeah. I, I think well, I, I think it's a game that you probably look towards the under. I don't know if I want a whole lot of fantasy implications involved in it. Okay. Fantasy questions or suggestions, perhaps, on how you should go with, with game. You got to go and tweet at him at Benny Heist, H-E-I-S, or go over to Ben's site and get all the great information there as well. Ben, as always, appreciate the time, sir. Talk next week. You got it, Gus. Have a good one, my friend. Yep. Thank you so much. The voice of the LC Tigers, Mr. Chris Blair, next on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Let's play everyone's favorite game, Mississippi Mudslinging, where Mississippi casinos spend big and lie to St. Tammany voters. First question, Mississippi casinos are saying a yes vote for Camellia Bay could mean other casinos in St. Tammany. Is this fact or fiction? Well, it was on Facebook. It's one big lie. The December vote authorizes just one resort at one slide L location. Our Constitution requires a parish-wide vote every time a casino tries to move. Next question. Mississippi casinos are calling Camellia Bay a truck stop casino. Are they right or wrong? They're wrong. It's no truck stop. Camellia Bay has a four-star hotel. They've got a convention center. And a lazy river. 
You're all correct. St. Tammany, don't let Mississippi have all the fun. Mississippi casinos are funding a campaign of lies to keep you from getting what they already have. Paid for by the North Shore Winds. On August 29th, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. He's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wuss. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. As always, on Thursdays, I appreciate the time the voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers, Mr. Chris Blair, gives us. Chris, how are you, sir? Gus, doing well, man. Hope you're doing good. I'm doing fine. This honestly feels like it took place a month ago. A&M. Bringing up the backers near the line. Here's the snap to Johnson. Here comes the blitz. Throws it one-on-one. Looking downfield. Caught! Jure Jenkins at the six. Into the end zone. Touchdown! Fighting Tigers! Chris, that just was a couple days ago this past Saturday, right? Yeah, it really does seem like that was a month ago. I mean, there's, there's a lot that has happened between then and now, to be sure. Uh, uh, certainly an exciting day for, for LSU football and for LSU fans across the country and around the globe, for that matter, uh, with the introduction of Brian Kelly. But, uh, you know, going back to last Saturday, it was, you know, I won't say that it's a Hollywood ending, sure. uh, but it, it was a fitting ending uh, to Ed Ogeron's time at LSU to go out a winner, uh, defeat a top-ranked team, uh, you know, 51 wins in his career. 21 of those against top 25 ranked teams. So, um, you know, it was good. Good for Ed. I thought it was great for the players. Um, great for the guys who were, you know, able to stay healthy and stay with the program and hopefully build them a little momentum. And that's why I think that, you know, this opportunity to play in a bowl will be big not only for LSU, but, you know, to be honest, guys, I think it's big for Brian Kelly. Uh, I I think it gives these guys an opportunity based on the way this season has gone. Disappointing to everybody, of course, that they get some momentum, they go to a bowl, they can pull out a bowl victory, they take a little bit of energy into the spring season, into the offseason, if you will, um, and probably pretty excited about having a a new head sheriff in town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, based on his record, I don't know how you wouldn't be excited if the guy wins everywhere he's been. No doubt. Now, kind of along the lines, Chris, where you talk about about the players finishing and finishing strong, you could see how much that play meant. One of the guys I know we've talked about throughout the season too was Max Johnson. You've you've discussed whether it's the plays that that could help him, the line that could have helped them. He throws an absolute dime to win the game and gets killed. He gets crushed again. Like that. That's like that snapshot of him throwing 
and an opposing helmet in his chest. Like, I think of that when I think of Max Johnson in 2021. If he was given time, the guy made really nice throws, man. And just, I, I was happy to see him on that. When you look back at the season, you know, uh, having to share time at QB and all that towards the end of the year and then coming through there at the end. How how tough do you think this year was for him? Yeah, I think it was tough. But I think it was tough mentally and physically. I mean, to your point, I mean, you know, it's got to be frustrating when you go out there and, and, and not that it's everybody else's fault. I don't think Max took that approach. I just think that as a whole, the offense just never could get consistent. They were an inch or two away here or a move or a block missed here or there. So I don't think Max was pointing fingers, don't get me wrong. Sure. But I think mentally it was tough because the guy is an alpha competitor, uh, puts in the work, and, and it just wasn't translating in the game. Uh, you know, And physically, I think it took a toll on him because he was taking hits uh, like that from the very start of the season. So, um, you know, it was, you know, that play to, to get the winning touchdown was spectacular. But, you know, I really will take that entire drive, um, you know, uh, having to go 85 yards, having to do it with, you know, little time on the clock. And, you know, he stood in the pocket a number of times and, and dipped the ball down the field. His receivers made play. Malik Neighbors with a great catch. Jack Bash with a great catch mm-hmm. to pick up chunk yardage to get them in a position to have that shot at the end zone. Um, but when you look at that final drive, you know, it's easy for us in the media and for fans to go, when, what could have, what could have been? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, just the, the, the stick-to-itiveness of it, the discipline, and, and I think just the, the want-to by Max Johnson to help his team get that victory says a lot about that young man. At LSU Tigers, voice is the way to follow. Mr. Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers, going to get to why yesterday was a busy day for him in a quick second with hoops doing very well on one side, uh, for sure, being 8-0. and But, Chris, back to football yesterday. I mean, again, that's why I kept saying it. It feels like that game was a month ago. So much has happened. Did you get a chance to meet Brian, your, your initial thoughts, and just kind of paint us a picture here? What was the vibe yesterday and in, in really two nights ago when he arrived? You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, if you've watched Scott Woodward, uh, and, you know, I've told you for the last couple of weeks that, you know, when Scott tells us who the new coach will be, then, then that's when I know the, who the coach will be. Um, and, and I said that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but, but the truth is, if you look at the way the baseball search went and the hiring of Jay Johnson, which was an absolute home run, mm-hmm. no pun intended, um, you know, it went along the similar lines. And I know a lot of people outside of LSU and outside of Louisiana would go, well, that's a baseball search. This is football. This is different. Too many people involved. Too many people speaking to people. And Scott really ran it just the way he did with baseball. There were two names in May and early June that were foregone conclusions. We're coming to LSU to take over the baseball program. And as it turned out, out of nowhere comes Jay Johnson on his run to Omaha, yeah. and he's the new coach. And it surprised a lot of people. And frankly, it made some of the longtime baseball media guys a little upset. That you know, How did I not see that coming? Um, I think Scott pulled it again with the football search. I mean, I think there were, uh, as you know, and probably talked about it, uh, a couple of names that were pure fire hires. going to happen. Sure. Already done. <laughs> the deal has been struck in principle. I mean, mm-hmm. you name the headline. Um, and then Saturday night at halftime, um, someone I trust quite a bit mentioned to me Brian Kelly, which was completely off my radar. Mm. And then on Sunday, 
the announcement comes out that apparently, you know, just blew everybody away that Lincoln yeah. Riley was going to go to USC and oh my goodness, LSU's big fish is off the hook. That just, to me, just was not the case. And uh, again, a guy whose record speaks for itself. Um, every stop he's been, including putting Cincinnati on the map, winning at Central Michigan, and then the winningest coach in Notre Dame football history, which, I mean, to say that out loud is, right. is you, you sometimes have to think it through again. Um, and I got a chance to meet Coach Kelly briefly last night. We had a staff meet and greet uh, just before the men's basketball game. And, um, you know, I told, uh, introduced him there to the, to the crowd that was there. And I said, you know, a lot of people ask about how will he fit. He's a New Englander, spent time in the Midwest. How is he going to fit in in South Louisiana? And I looked around the room and I said, I see a lot of great coaches at LSU here tonight. I see a lot of former great student athletes are here. Um, this guy wins. He wins everywhere. And to me, nothing fits LSU like a winner. So I think he's going to fit in nicely. <laughs> and an overwhelming majority of the most successful coaches, Matt Muscona was talking about this on his show too. They're not from here, so I mean, they, they, you become a Louisianian when you win and you and you know embrace the culture where you are. Chris will wrap up, sir, with why you were busy last night, and you mentioned it before the men's basketball game. Look, they're eight and zero in those eight wins. There's a lot of different things you can say maybe are consistent with this here. This team can defend. I am, I'm seeing numbers. I'm seeing stats. I'm seeing just the way this team sort of plays basketball that I think will translate come SEC play here in a couple of weeks. If I haven't watched and I haven't followed, is defense one of the number one things you're going to say when describing this team? Oh, without question. I mean, if you look at Ken Palm right now, you're going to see LSU in the top ten in virtually every defensive category, certainly the categories that matter. Uh, they lead the SEC in most, if not all, defensive categories. Um, you know, don't tell Will Wade they won by 15 last night because he, he doesn't want to hear it. After the game, I'm sure you saw yeah. and heard, um, you know, offense has been his concern. <laughs> and I think, you know, when you look at the schedule, you had big wins. I think the, the margin of victory for LSU going into last night was 27 points. Um, but Coach has not been satisfied. And it wasn't just last night. And it wasn't just this past weekend. He feels like there are times this team is locked in, and when they are offensively, they are tough to handle. But after they get a 10-, 12-point lead, go on a run, and they get a little too showboaty for his pace, and they go away from their bread and butter. And uh, that's what he's going to be working on. But defensively, this team is absolutely on top of it. They're a nuisance to the other team. They battle every dribble. They battle every pass. They battle for position down in the lane. Um, and, and they are able to because they're such great, talented student athletes that because they're able to turn teams over when they get, get out and run and they know what to do with the basketball, and that's absolutely stuff it through the cylinder. Um, but offense is something they're going to continue to work on. Um, but, you know, I, I'm one of the firm believers that in college football, offense kind of dictates things. We've had kind of a metamorphosis in college football. I still believe in college basketball that defense can win you championships. Now, you got to have offense. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of high-flying teams out there, and there's a bunch of them in the SEC. But I still think if you play hard-nosed defense for 40 game minutes, you've got a shot to win every night you take to the floor. And so far through eight games, that's exactly what we've seen this LSU team do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Derek has chimed in and is asking me to ask you, sir, as we say goodbye, do you know what bowl the, the, the Tigers could be going to? 
No, I, I know that there was a lot of discussion yesterday and, and just some of the people I were meeting that LSU is definitely going to accept an invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've heard it anywhere from Fort Worth, Texas, to Tampa, Florida, to, to Arizona. So nothing <laughs> right now. I think there's a couple of possibilities, but we'll probably find out more on Sunday or early on Monday. All right. Mr. Chris Blair, thank you as always, man, for the time on Thursdays. You got it, Gus. Take care, buddy. Voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers at LSU Tigers. Voice the way to follow on Twitter. Hour one in the books. Hour two next on ESPN New Orleans. Always on the run and sharp.